0: This is liquid gold. All right, where the whiskey is rye, the booze news anchors are high, and the guests are fly. This is liquid gold. That's not a lie. <laughs> <laughs> we start. We have a songwriter here today, so uh, we thought we'd start with our with an extended version of our rhyme today. Impressive. I'm your host, Mike Wolf, along with my co-host Kenneth Dedman. and we are getting right into drinking season. We have the book Cheer, a liquid gold holiday drinking guide, coming out November. 15th it's actually sitting here on the studio table miss abby walter's copy so we will be and we're going to talk a little bit about our first kind of preview event which will be at the wicked market october 31st halloween at love and exile winery right there off main street in east nashville super easy to find amazing patio and everything over there so today we're talking about the sazerac cocktail and we're here with a wonderful guest she's from forever friends which she's going to tell us all about she's a dog person so she's our person she also uh, teaches cocktail classes at standard proof downtown we'll get into a little bit of that and uh runs the wicked market along with a few of her partners here in Nashville which does uh, all these amazing events and Halloween is kind of like that's like right in your wheelhouse it is yeah it's like the wicked Market squared It couldn't
1: be more made for us. Yeah,
0: Yeah. it's just amazing. Well, Abby, it's great to have you. How is your autumn going so far? Uh, How's life?
1: Yeah, life's great. I'm loving it. I'm super honored to be here today. Just lots of dog walks currently, just enjoying the the weather.
0: Well, we're going to get into what Forever Friends is, and this is perfect since we have a dog in studio, our mascot, Chris, in the house. Let's see if Chris, you want to say anything? What'd you think, Chrissy? (laughs) What'd you think? He's sleeping peacefully. No farts yet. We love him. The
2: autumn of his life.
0: Yeah. And uh, autumn's a great time to talk rye whiskey. And I think that's kind of what we've been, Kenneth and I were kind of messaging about, talking about which cocktails, some of the big ones that we haven't hit. We still want to do old fashioned. We still need to do Manhattan. So today we're going to talk about the Sazerac and uh, what makes it special. We'll give you a recipe here. This is, there are some myths associated with the Sazerac that, you know, it was the first cocktail ever created. That myth has been kind of debunked. Probably the old fashioned would have to take that moniker, but the Sazerac was really special in that it's uh, this very regional cocktail comes from New Orleans, originally a mixture of cognac and some sugar and a special bitters that were made there in New Orleans by a man named Antoine Pecho. And he made these really special bitters that have a very unique flavor. The recipe has probably changed a little bit over the years, but the the bitters still live on Sazerac the Company. That's where it gets a little confusing. Sazerac the Company actually bought the uh, rights to make those bitters, so they've kept them going and everything. Mm-hmm. But so the original one, cognac, paste show bitters, some sugar, and then one of the defining characteristics and what takes it really to that New Orleans French Quarter french origins is the addition of absinthe so basically you rinse a glass with absinthe or you say throw like a tablespoon of absinthe in there swirl it around some people don't like to discard all of it i don't know how you do you discard all or do you, you kind of use leave an a atomizer bit. oh atomizer yes yeah, See, kenneth is a true professional over here so he'll just spray a little bit in there and that that'll really accentuate the aroma but but also, like, easy... it limits,
2: limits the amount of absinthe you're putting in there. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, if someone wants a lot more, than they'll it, it, as a bartender, if someone wants more absinthe in there, then they'll tell
0: you. Yeah. Then you could just take a little spoon, spoon it in there. Yeah. Always less that's is the more than Western cocktails, <laughs> I think. Yeah. It started as uh, this cognac cocktail because they were importing a really special cognac into New Orleans called Sazerac de Forge et Fils. I don't speak French, but that's as good as I can do and this was a cognac that became really popular in that area and then when uh, phylloxera when that epidemic happened in france and cognac cognac was really rare started getting more rare to find in america then they switched over to rye whiskey and that's why it it became and came to be known as a rye whiskey cocktail over the years but we want to give you a little recipe here to get you started and then we're going to circle back to the sazerac later but you could just do you can have two glasses in front of you. This is a drink where you don't really need fancy tools. You don't need anything but ice and your ingredients and a couple of glasses. Because uh, some old school ways you can make this cocktail, say in New Orleans, you take one, one old fashioned glass, you fill it with ice, you throw in two ounces of rye whiskey, or you could do two ounces of cognac if you want to go original style, or you could go an ounce of cognac and an ounce of rye to do that kind of split base. That's That's been more popular lately, I would say. So throw that into your glass with ice. Your other glass that you're going to be drinking out of, you want that full of ice as well. You could just store it in the freezer and make it really cold, but you can have it just chilling with ice. So in the glass where you're making the drink, you put your two ounces of booze in there. Then say a quarter ounce of a demerara syrup. So turbinado sugar, two parts of that to one part water. And then say two to three dashes of the Peychaud's bitters. And then maybe one dash of Angostura if you've got that around. That can be nice to kind of complement the flavors of the the rye whiskey, the spice. And then you're stirring that to chill it down, to open up some of the flavor, to introduce some of that water. And then you're taking some absinthe, if you want to, in the glass that is chilling. And you are uh, putting some absinthe over the ice, swirling that around. Then I would wait two to three minutes, let everything chill down really nice. Take the glass that's chilling with the absinthe and just dump it out in the sink. So you're discarding all the absinthe and then you're just straining that cocktail, the concoction of either a split base of cognac and rye or cognac or rye and the the syrup and the bitters. And you're straining that into the glass that's been rinsed with the absinthe. And I think one of the things why we say that it's so important to make this drink cold is because this drink is served neat. And with the, the spice inherent in the absinthe and the bitters and the whiskey or the cognac, you just want this drink cold. So this is a this is a, a really important part about that drink. You want the glass chilled. You can pull it from the freezer, maybe from the fridge. place I was working at in Denver 15 years ago, they had a bar manager who was really into the Sazerac. And uh, we had a special container of glasses that were in a cold part of the refrigerator, a cold part of like the low boy yeah. where we would pull the glasses from. So that's a Sazerac. We'll come back around to it because... Uh, Abby's got some cool whiskeys that we could talk about that she uses over at Standard Proof. But so we'll drink to that cocktail. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Hey. We won't tell them uh, the fancy stuff that we're drinking. (laughs) All right. So Abby, now that we've got some drinks, tell us about Forever Friends because I have a really amazing leash that I use to walk my giant dog, George. Yay. And uh, it's held up. Hell yeah. It has like some nice give to it. And uh, it, But it's held up. For, he's 150 pounds, I think. Good um, Lord. But yeah, tell us about Forever Friends and how you got started on all that.
1: Yeah, um, I think I'm going on like my ninth year of doing this. And it all started with the leashes and dog toys. So I now run it personally solo. But a friend and I started it. And we were drunk um, one mm-hmm. night. And she had made a comment that there's not at the time there wasn't a lot of like dog accessory businesses in town now there's tons but um so she's like let's try to make a dog leash well it took us ended up taking us two years and i made the comment after a couple glasses of wine we should use t-shirts i don't know why i said that but it actually turned into this really beautiful thing where people now donate their t-shirts so over the course of like the past nine years thousands like schools do t-shirt drives rescues do t-shirt drives so it's a great way to like upcycle a product and um we've had like like you could reach out and be like, hey, I don't want to throw away these t-shirts, Abby, but I want to keep them. Can you use them and make me something special? So I think I've got some for you. I'm always <laughs> accepting that. And I would love. like, I think it's really cool. So then your dog has something that belongs to you. Um, yeah. And
0: it probably smells it, right? And it smell- Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's functional.
2: Yeah. So like treated fabric uh, is a real problem in landfills. Like mm-hmm. uh, you shouldn't throw away your clothes no matter what. You should, you should find some other use for them other than, the Garbage and the garbage, yeah. There you go,
1: yeah. So, I think in our, a very small way, we're doing our part, and yeah, it took me two years to design the leash. It took a really long time because I wanted it to be durable, it has that give to it, so I, that makes me really happy that mm-hmm. still use yours. Yeah. Um, yeah, people love those, and then I also made the dog toys, so we do like they're like tug of war toys, but since then, I've learned how to sew, so I also sew bandanas, and that's a whole thing as well. Yeah, I added on awesome. so.
0: Where can people reach out to you for Forever Friends and for t-shirt donation? Yeah, um, I feel
1: like Instagram is always the best. I also have a website. Everything is Fur Ever Friends. So it's F-U-R, Forever (laughs) Friends Nashville. Um, So that's my Instagram. That's my Gmail. That's my website. But I do a lot of like local craft shows and festivals. So I'm always like popping up my tent around town. And yeah, I feel like Instagram is probably the best. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, check
0: her out at Instagram at... Forever friends, and that is F U R fur is in dog fur. F U R R E V E R friends. Nashville. Nashville. (laughs) Nashville. Nashville. Yes. Amazing, and you've done some calendar stuff associated with Forever Friends, where calendars people got to yeah people got to pose with their dogs or tell us a little bit about the calendar action.
1: Yeah. Um. So I'm good friends with Alex who runs Dinos. Shout out to Alex. Um, Alex, we love you the best. Um. So. I had had this idea years ago. I was like, I want to do a calendar and raise money for dogs, yada, yada. And I'd run into her. Where did we run into each other? It was out. I feel like it was Urban Cowboy. And I was telling her this idea. And she goes, well, let's do it at Dino's, Dino's and Dogs. And it clicked. And we're on our fourth year. Probably the third year was the most special to me. And also because Mike was in it.
0: Oh, yeah. That was amazing.
1: Yeah. Um, So obviously, we're all industry peeps and That was the year of the pandemic, and obviously it's still going on, but um, where our fellow restaurant people were out of jobs. So we wanted – typically we give back to rescues only, but this was really special. We featured local bartenders, owners, restauranteurs, and their dogs in Dino's, and then we donated half to Tennessee Action for Hospitality and half to uh, WAGS and Walks, which is a a foster rescue program here Mm -hmm. in Nashville. So um, over the past four years, we've raised over $10,000 for um, our community and res- mainly rescues, but also, yeah, like organizations Amazing. that help the people. In that's community. Incredible. So, um, yeah, that's very special to to me. And Dino's is like the coolest place ever, too. So certainly is. Yeah. Cool. yeah. To they be part the, of that, it's really cool.
0: Now they got the Dolly uh, lemonade stand right? thing out back mm-hmm. that Kelly likes to pose on.
1: Yeah, she's always on that thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's funny.
1: I'm not mad about it. Good stuff.
0: <laughs> Since you've got some experience in the dog world around here, what I'm just curious because... We have two rescues at home who are amazing, June and George. Mm-hmm. But what do you think? And Kenneth, you weigh in as well. What's what's some easy like organizations and places where people could go to like get a dog? Yeah. Um, I mean, I know there's a lot of them around town. You talked mm-hmm. about Wags and Walks. Mm-hmm. Um. But what are some that you that you've worked with or that that people could kind of look towards?
1: Yeah. Um. I have to give a shout out to the um. It's old friends and they. They really focus on senior dogs, which
2: that's great. Yeah, mm.
1: you know, a, a lot of times we overlook the the senior, or a lot of people overlook the senior. They want the the puppy, which I understand that as well. But yeah. um, one of my favorites, and I work closely with her, is and I adopted a dog from is JoJo's Doghouse, and they run out in Gallatin. It's actually two ladies that do this, but she rescues dogs and moms from kill shelters. So she's always has a litter of puppies and the mom, and she goes and she's amazing. And there's so many. I mean, obviously Nashville Humane's really well known. Um, Wags and Walks—they do a really amazing job. They're a foster-based program, so if you're looking to foster, they're always needing fosters. So you
2: know, Lachlan Table was just doing a, a humane Nashville Humane drive. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome! Just like four days ago.
1: Yeah. Oh, I want to give a shout out. Yeah, can Proverbs, I, can I get, animal, Proverbs Animal Rescue yes. as well. I actually adopted. I have two dogs, and one's from Proverbs. I want to give a shout out to oh, this cool. girl that I'm working with, and I. Casa Transport, and it's um, I met this girl Brittany through Forever Friends, but she basically, long story short, they Tennessee has uh, is overpopulated with animals, so or with dogs, so they help transport them to areas that people are needing or wanting to adopt dogs. So mm-hmm. here we have to put a lot of dogs down, unfortunately, because the demand doesn't meet how many people want dogs. But in other areas, the demand is high, and they don't have dogs, so she helps she goes into you know these kill shelters and saves all these dogs and then transports them out so it's casa wow. i just am learning about everything she does so it's called casa transport so i want to give a shout out to her it's not technically a rescue but she's helping save dogs which is casa cool. transport yeah that's
0: awesome that's some good resources for folks
1: yeah so let's
0: talk a little bit about the uh the wicked market stuff you guys have been doing that for a couple of years now
1: um, around town yeah about two years yeah it's three of us we all run our own little baby businesses. So I'm a dog business. My other, uh, Erica, does jewelry. And then uh, Kaylee does art, so she's an artist. So we actually started in the middle of the pandemic. We all got together and wanted to... It wasn't supposed to turn into this. Mm-hmm. It was a way, once again, all of our fellow peeps had lost their jobs and we're just getting back to the bar scene. Bars weren't making money. You know, like bartenders and servers weren't making any money. And so mm-hmm. we were like, how can we... Just do this one night of this pop up. When let's just you know bring on a few of us. There was five of us at the time, um, and we popped up at Crying Wolf. Um, and this was right after they got back after the tornado and all that. It was like this like magical, perfect night. I remember Daniel, the owner, came up to me just and hugged me. and He was like, "That was the most amazing." Like tears in his eyes. I don't want to call him out. Don't maybe don't put that in there. But it was like <laughs> really special. Um, and yeah, so we pop up every full moon and we feature local artists and vendors mainly art um, the creator we like to give you know a platform to people who are just starting out too and now it's been really cool to see them grow Um, Mm -hmm. yeah but it's in every full moon market and we pop up at restaurants and bars for that reason to help bring restaurants and bars the places we love our community help bring them money but also bring the small businesses you know Money. Bringing people together. Yeah, it's a community event for sure. Yeah. Halloween's off brand ish because it's not it's the full moon. moon. Yeah. So, but it's also very much on brand. So,
0: that's perfect. Yeah. What do y'all have planned for Halloween? Um I can get into some of the stuff that I'm I'm thinking about doing with Tyler over there at Love mm-hmm. and Exile. Yeah. Some stuff from the book, but uh what what special stuff do you guys have planned for that night cuz it's so so on brand for you?
1: Yeah, we're going to deck we're going to deck it out. There's an entrance we want to kind of do like a haunted entrance. Also that night, I don't know what it's called, but there's like this theater spooky horror production in the back room. And so Oh right. Hopefully they're going to be coming out and doing like acts throughout the night at the market and they'll be all like dressed in gore and all that Oh, sweet we're gonna have a drag show that we haven't announced that yet so we have um, oh, yeah. some queens that are gonna do you know do their thing and then we also have a costume contest and so they'll be emceeing that and going around and giving i think what we're envisioning like giving a token, like a secret like you get tokens throughout the night or they tag you with a sticker or something to show mm-hmm. that they like it and then the winner gets a big old basket of all the vendors products and then some other things that we're gonna throw in there too awesome
0: so, do you know what what's yeah. your costume this year for halloween do you know can um, you share
1: i don't i haven't solidified we definitely the three of us want to do something like in conjunction together and oh, then wow.
0: i got one big idea that yeah. i'm sure you've <laughs> talked about the, <laughs> n- the new movie
1: oh well we thought yeah we thought yeah. about that too yeah yeah, yeah. Hocus um, Pocus, yeah. yeah Mackenzie, the gm there he's like so he wants to be like the fourth witch in our little coven and he's like He's like, Well, tell me what you're wearing so I can also be the same thing. Or, nice. Yeah. So
0: love Mackenzie. Yeah. Shout out Mackenzie. Yes. What's super. the deal with Hocus Pocus? They just released a sequel after okay. what, 25, mm-hmm. 30 years or something when the original came out. Yeah. And it's, Was uh, it that
2: good?
1: Have you never seen Hocus Pocus?
2: No. <laughs> it's a fun one. <laughs> yeah. um, I haven't wife, seen very many. I know, know Bat Medler's in it. Yep, yeah. I, I think I've only it. seen one movie with her.
0: Yeah, and the sequel yeah. just came out, which we watched, um, had to watch with my daughter and my wife had last, to. last weekend. Was yep. it good? Yep, had to. Yep. <laughs> did you enjoy <laughs> it? It was, yeah, 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 yeah. It was good. It was good. It wasn't as good as the original, but that's, that's to never be expected. Is. Never is. How about you, Kenneth? You got a Halloween costume this year? Yeah, Tommy Chong. Tommy Chong. So that makes me Cheech Marin, <laughs> I guess. Sure. What if we did Cheech and Chong as zombies? Can we do that? No problem. Let's do that, <laughs> Cheech and Chong yes. zombies. Yeah, it's just Cheech and Chongy. Add, add makeup. Yeah, we'll, we'll need some That's makeup. It. Do you yeah. know anyone who could do our makeup? Um, you just
2: get like Hulk makeup and just blah and just like done. Throw it on, freaking people out. Uh, I don't know. I will find it on YouTube.
0: Like uh, how to. I mean, I to.
1: could maybe do it for you. Maybe.
0: Okay. Thank you. You got a lot on your plate that day. We don't want to make We penned yeah. you in. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well uh we'll be there at the Wicked Market on Halloween October thirty first. It's a Monday night, but it's gonna be a party over at Love and Exile, which is right there on Main Street. It will be the first place to buy the book, Cheer, a Liquid Gold holiday drinking guide. Yeah. It'll be the the first time that you can purchase that and get all your holiday gifts together. So we look forward to that. We will be doing that night some zombies. Uh, maybe like a zombie punch with uh, the folks at Love and Exile. But we'll be featuring some of the zombie content from the book. And I'm going to read Seven. a section from the zombie portion of the book right now. This is the late night reading hour. The Halloween decorations are flickering outside. The sounds of the wild animals beckon through the night. The hoot of the owl. Who cooks for you? Who cooks for y'all? Echoes in the canyons. When Don the Beachcomber, a.k.a. Don Beach, the godfather of tiki drinks, created his masterpiece, Rum Rhapsody, The Zombie, in 1934, it's unclear what his motivation was. Advising guests to have no more than two, which later became one, during a visit to his tropical oasis at 1722 North Macadden Place in Hollywood, the Mecca of Myth-Making. Don Beach introduced the zombie, the strongest drink to enter the canon of classic cocktails over the last 150 years. Due to the resurgence of tropical-themed bars and drinks over the last 10 years, the drink, in true undead fashion, is here to stay. But was it, as legend has it, concocted as the ultimate hangover remedy? That's like saying I'm going to make you a double cheeseburger on a butter-brushed bun to help with your heart problem. Was it a sly middle finger to all the guests who, upon sampling the first fresh tropical libations that glide down the gullet like a Polynesian waterfall, wondered if there was even any alcohol in them? That's definitely something a bartender would do, but still doubtful. I've come to believe and Jeff Beachbomb Barry's thoughtful research in the book Surf and Safari has greatly contributed to what we know about the zombie, including the lost recipes, that Don the Beachcomber was using broad, ambitious brushstrokes to create a drink that defined his idea of the tropical restaurant bar, would be impossible to recreate, and would prove unforgettable to all who experienced it. Though he claimed to have gone through gallons of rum to come up with just the right blend, he undoubtedly succeeded on all fronts. The Zombie was an instant classic and was seen as a rite of passage to locals and tourists alike in late 1930s Hollywood. When it came time for me to create my own riff on the zombie, it began as the ultimate shift drink. That all-important first drink you have when you get off work in the restaurant and bar world. This was a drink for professionals. It was not something I was making for guests at that point. But I learned quickly that once you say to a guest, quote, This drink is too strong. It's got a ton of rum. And trust me, you don't want this concoction of tropical delight and dangerous firewater end quote. It becomes exactly what they want. All right, let's get back into some rye whiskey cocktail talk because you've got uh, a lot of experience working with rye Mm -hmm. over there at Standard Proof. You ran the tasting room in there. Mm -hmm. You ran the event space in there. And now y'all are doing a lot of cocktail classes over there. Mm -hmm. So let me just ask you, do people call for Sazeracs much over there?
1: So... We can't legally make an actual Sazerac, th- yeah. but we, Jeremy, who um, who helps run it now, he made like a, a niece tea, so it's as, cl- it's as close as we can get. Oh, very cool. Um, so we do well, a rinse smart. of that, yeah. Well done, Jeremy. Yeah, like <laughs> we're, and, and that's like probably one of my favorite cocktails, so I was bummed when we started, I was like, I don't know how to, and he was like, let's do this. And oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so it's very, it's very, close. it's as close as we can get. Yeah, yeah. that's perfect. So you,
2: that's know great. I, you know what I you know what standard proof makes that I would use in a sazerac is the ginger, yeah, Ooh, just the straight ginger. Oh, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that's probably like of all the iterations, my favorite. Would make the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah The ginger. Well, I've really always good. loved putting ginger in whiskey, mm-hmm. in any circumstance.
0: Same. Oh yeah, we talked about that on the uh, the gateway drink. You know, all these complementary lighter flavors or bolder flavors to to whiskey, like lemon, ginger. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you over at Standard Proof, and shout out to Robert Longhurst.
1: Shout out. Yeah, Robert. Robert. Good old Bobby. Um, Robert
0: Longhurst. long time. He, uh, he was on the pod two years ago. Oh,
1: my gosh. He was on
0: the pod like a couple months into the pandemic. We had him on talk, talking about to, all kinds of stuff. I need to stuff. re-listen then. Yeah. Um, good stuff. So, we love you, Robert. Um, but now there's all these flavors of rye mm-hmm. that y'all are doing. So, Kenneth loves the ginger, and yeah. that would make a great Sazerac um you brought one today tell me about the flavor that you brought
1: yeah um so i brought our pumpkin spice infused which actually the base is ginger um oh, so we, last go. year yeah last year i went to robert i was like we sh-, and i'm not this i'm not this basic bitch i'm not a pumpkin spice <laughs> girl but i was like we should do a pumpkin spiced infused rye and he was like eh. and then we played around with it for you know a couple months <laughs> And it we launched it and it sold out like that and so they wow. brought it back this year. Um but yeah, it's You're legit. like told
0: you so, Robert. I was
1: like, I mean I don't wanna like sit <laughs> No, no, he was on board. I don't know if the like the the other men involved in you know, the higher you know, I don't yeah. know if they're like it's no. dumb
2: not to do it, honestly. Like, yeah, uh,
1: like girls love it, but also the men love it and it's just it's just so people love
0: pumpkin spice. But they do. Same. It's the the nostalgic flavor Mm -hmm. um, that takes us all back to our childhood. Mm -hmm. But you have a cocktail that you're making with it? Tell me about that.
1: Um, And I got to give a shout out to Erica Hammond. She's also part of the Wicked Market, but she helps um, run the cocktail program at Standard Proof. Um, And she created this cocktail last year. And I didn't think it would work as great as it does. In the first sip, I was like, this is one of my favorite drinks. But Mm. it's pumpkin spice. Um, We do an ounce and a half for this cocktail. And then a half ounce lemon juice and then a half ounce of spiced agave so just infused agave with jalapeno basically Ah, nice. and then a dash of cinnamon on top and it is like the perfect fall drink but it also it has a little savory a little sweetness to it it's really really mm. good that so. sounds great
0: that, that hits all the notes mm-hmm. you got spiced and a little spicy yeah a little which spicy. i think people are way into yeah. right now yeah
1: and it's not overwhelming spicy like the girls that come in like i don't like spice i'm like it's like an it's like a heat that hits you after it's not gonna you know, knock your socks
0: off. It's like that little dash of cayenne mm-hmm. that you'll yeah. put in like cornbread. Yeah. Maybe an omelet. You know, like okay. just yeah, just liven yeah. it up where you're yeah. like, what is that? What is that? Yep. It's a little a little secret cayenne. Yeah. Um amazing. And how, how can people get more info about the cocktail classes there? And tell me a little bit about what's uh what the cocktail classes involve.
1: Yeah. Um so when I actually started at standard proof we would we would do them like here and there for corporate groups and i took over gm a couple i guess it was a year and a half ago and brought erica on and she really helped like bring these to life and they're cool because 90 percent of the people out there don't know anything and so they come in and you're like teaching them like the simplest of simple things in our minds but to them it's like oh i Learned how to use a shaker a shake mm-hmm. today, or whatever, or what how to shake something and what to stir, and so yeah. So she really turned these into something really cool. But anyways, you can book on our website.
2: I always wondered, uh, you doing these uh, bartending classes, and, which I've never done. How do you keep? Do, do you keep? Is there a certain measure of like keeping yourself from laughing at someone when they're shaking oh. maybe like that's why you don't do it for the first it's, time or, it, is, uh, it
1: can be uncomfortable and so you like try to teach them like well you don't want to go like this and then the guy, guy's going like this with the tin and just and it's very there's so much there. imagine
2: I would start the class also with empowering? meditation yeah. or something like oh, everybody I love that. like let's relax first I love before that. you do this yeah. or something
0: I something definitely yeah. want nature. to sign up for your cocktail class yeah. sign up for my meditation let's class
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I don't. I want to incorporate that too. Like, why
0: did I pay? I'm just sitting here breathing.
1: <laughs> You're what like, am Whoa. I paying Quiet. for?
0: When do we drink? When do we to drink. Me. <laughs> so you can find out more info about these classes at standardproofwhiskey.com. What are some cocktails they're gonna learn?
1: Um So we taste them on all of our product first, so they end up leaving pretty saucy. Mm. So you get a whole taste. Good value. Yeah, it really is. And then. um We all run, we have a couple of teachers and we all run it differently. So I kind of like to see what they like the most, you know, like I like the mint infused. Well, then I teach them how to use the mint in a cocktail Um, or we go through everything, you know, go through a sour, go through an old fashioned, really just teaching them the basics of cocktail making. Yeah, Yeah. And if they're advanced and they've bartended before, which we have like, I've had maybe one out of like 300 people that has ever bartended. So it hasn't, doesn't usually happen.
0: Yeah. Very cool. And that's over right off John Lewis way and church. Right near there, uh, Woolworth's Woolworth, yeah. is your, your landmark right there. So really easy to find it. What are some other flavors of the rye that y'all are doing over there? Because I know that there's been, there's mint, there's been mm-hmm. like a pineapple.
1: We have a pineapple, yeah. Pineapple. Mint's my favorite though, yeah. The mint one's really mm-hmm.
0: good. And still the red eye rye, right?
1: Still red eye. Pecan. Pecan, yeah. yeah. Pecan's our uh, most popular. People love the pecan.
0: I love that story. And for a lot of people that don't know, you can go back in the archives at liquidgold.show Find the interview with Robert Longhurst from Standard Proof, where he talks about kind of how the whole thing got started. Josephine Restaurant yeah. playing the role where you and yeah. I, you and I, mixed it up uh, for a little while there. But yeah, so he was making a coffee rye amaro mm-hmm. style drink for people to kind of finish off, do a nightcap. One could even argue he was a little bit ahead of the game mm-hmm. on a deconstructed espresso martini. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. So giving giving people something at the end of the night yeah. with a little bit of a kick, um, and then he ended up turning that into uh, like the genesis for starting his own rye mm-hmm. coffee empire. Yeah. So yeah. pretty cool. Pretty cool story. All right, <laughs> and the time has come. <laughs> <laughs> News, news with Kenneth Dedman. It's fall, but the news is rising. Kenneth. I love what? The news is rising.
1: I tried to get in on that. I couldn't. I don't know where to where to insert myself. Well, that's
0: great.
2: <laughs> Kenneth, what's Booze Wedding today? Oh, fuck. Congratulations to ZZ Top. Oh, Texas. yeah. They were, just here in they were just here in Nashville.
0: They were just here in Nashville.
2: Yeah, uh, they will be releasing their their second um, whiskey following their uh, release of Texas <laughs> whiskey, which was uh, overwhelmingly successful. I think I think that like no one even knew that that the brand there Texas is. whiskey. My dog just farted on you.
1: Yeah. Oh my God.
2: Sardines. <laughs> I'm
1: trapped. Uh, I'm trapped in this road. It happens once <laughs> in a episode. Oh, oh my God, sorry. baby. Oh honey
2: well that's a good (laughs) warm-up you know what zz and zz top stands for nope zombie zombie zombie
0: amazing wow they're
2: they're, uh the first name of the band was the zombies and i believe they got
0: sued they got sued by the the probably the original yeah oh god that's one of my favorite bands from back in that time period and my dad's the zombies amazing
2: group i was listening to zz top recently
0: great band they were like great, two, great two great bands guitar, they were really two bands
2: mm. like early and later fucking a speaking of two bands uh metallica metallica's coming out with a freaking cigar
0: okay it's stupid <laughs> <laughs> <I can't. laughs> a quick news story from <laughs> kenneth Deadman. Brevity <laughs> is the soul of wit.
2: I lost some shit. Uh, so sorry to Fred Franzia and his family. Well, what Fred Franzia's family? The creator of Two Buck Chuck passed away. Right. Oh. At the age of 79. the uh, uh, Founder of the Bronco Wine Company um, blew everyone away in the 70s by producing very cheap cheap California wine. It was like <laughs> exclusive at, at Trader Joe's and I remember when we first got a Trader Joe's in Nashville I was like excited cuz I was like yeah we can get two buck chuck but it was be- before it was before they had wine sales in in uh, grocery stores in Nashville. Mm-hmm. So like it was back when Trader Joe's was a teaser. Then when they got it I was over it cuz then I was just going to the closest grocery store to get cheap wine anyway.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, congrats. Well, bro. RIP. <laughs> Thanks for uh, making affordable wine. That's, that's true. decent. That's true. Know?
2: Gordon Ramsay gin ad gets banned for over nutritional claims. Ah, nutritional with gin. Hm. Yeah, ac- according, uh, I guess uh, he paired with uh, Eden Mill. you familiar with Eden Mill uh, gin products, right? They're pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. I haven't yeah. seen it. They used to be like uh, one of the premier gins in in the Tennessee market just mm-hmm. because there were only like four gins in the Tennessee market, way back in the day would be like bomb 400 and fucking Gordon Ramsey's Facebook and Instagram, uh, uh, advertisement touts that his, uh, his iteration of, of, of said gin, um, it's made with honey berries. It has more ox- antioxidants than blueberry. This is where he fucked up. It has more antioxidants than blueberries, more potassium than bananas, more vitamin C than oranges, and flavor like a mixture of blueberry, palm, and grape. That sounds great. Wow. A lot but,
0: of, uh, lot of uh, nutritional c- uh, claims in there, <laughs> definitely. Uh, yeah, they, they vitamin claim that C. that it,
2: it, it holds <laughs> on to those uh, micronutrients in the distillation process. But in the UK... That is a claim. The Advertising and Standards Authority which is probably like the equivalent of our like uh, food and drug administration. Claims that you can only make nutrition claims uh, about alco- uh, about booze only if they fall into one of th- three categories. Falls on one of three labels that's reduced energy, low alcohol and reduced alcohol, which I mean I imagine all mean basically the same thing. Ramsey appears unfazed as he just took them off of his Facebook and Instagram.
0: The only He's reason like, fine, fine then. Don't only... have my nutritional gin.
2: <laughs> only reason I bring him. I actually I think gin is probably like it's got to be like next to tequila the healthiest shit you could drink. I guess red wine.
0: All those, all they're those. Have their, we'll we'll uh... say
2: that they're tied with red wine for second healthiest alcoholic beverage.
0: We're gonna get ourselves <laughs> into trouble now. We're gonna get banned. We're gonna get fined. Well,
2: I only brought up uh, Gordon Ramsay because little kid named oh Jesus. What's the kid's name? Brett Schwartz, um, formerly of the uh, kitchen, kitchen of the restaurant that I work at, uh, Husk, just uh, mm-hmm. just just uh, premiered on uh, Hell's Kitchen this last week, and he didn't embarrass anybody.
0: Nice, well done, Brett. Did freaking well. His so do you keep going is, on? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I think he's moving on. Super cool. Amazing. Some some late it was it was it was bizarre because like uh everyone on the show looked like uh they knew what the fuck they were doing. Some lady had like a really bad like brown rice dish. Mm. It looked like I made it. Yikes. Yeah. It was pretty bad. But uh it's not the only friend of ours in in the the reality cooking world.
0: Yeah, we've it's got premiering. some chef friends out there. Um tell me about so chef chef Katie Koss... Yeah, Katie. Former CDC over there at Husk. She's on a wild show on Hulu. What? That's about chefs going out into the wild, and then they have to fend for themselves and cook. They have to go forage stuff. Oh, my gosh. It, well, yeah, what the fuck then, is it called? Um
1: damn Wait, it. Kate I know Katie.
0: Yeah,
2: everybody knows Katie. Yeah. She's awesome. Like, she's been gone for, er, I haven't seen or heard from her in like a year and a half. hmm Total radio silence. hmm is it because she's uh, been yeah, out the, in the wild? The, because she's uh,
0: been doing exactly. The, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, the show's called Chefs vs Wild, and it is a Hulu original uh, that we've all been enjoying here. Those of us who know Katie, she's an amazing chef, and uh, yeah, reaching the peak of the culinary world has never been this demanding. In each episode of Chefs vs Wild, two different world-class <laughs> chefs will be dropped into the wilderness, where they'll embark on a grueling and unprecedented mission survive, and forage enough wild ingredients to create a restaurant-worthy five-star meal. Episodes will culminate in the chefs going head-to-head in a wilderness kitchen, using their foraged ingredients and ingenuity to create savory dishes and ultimately impress the judges.
1: <laughs>
0: wow. <laughs> so,
1: Who are the judges?
0: So I have a feeling that I don't know that he's been on any of the episodes yet, but David Chang is one of the producers, and Chris Yang. Both of them are uh, from Lucky Peach fame. They worked on the magazine Lucky, Lucky Peach, and now they have kind of a like their own media conglomerate. But yeah, there've been uh, four episodes so far, so check it out on Hulu. And uh, you know, we're all rooting for Katie.
2: Should be like um, like foraging eggs out of a nest yeah. for breakfast. <laughs> Do or they like, have to live that too? Like... What if you like find a snake that? That's probably like the the golden goose right there. Is yeah. if you catch it. A snake eating eggs mm-hmm. and then you cook the snake with the eggs
0: in, yeah. in it. Sounds like you should be a consultant yeah. on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Is Katie still in the
1: wild? Yeah. Can we yeah, text her? Yeah. <laughs> well let me give you some advice.
0: Hit her up on Instagram. I'm sure I'm sure they're not taking away their Instagram when they're out in the wild. They can't that's just how could they how well, could the chefs function? Surely they won't have there. like uh
2: oh, good one. That's great. <laughs>
0: thought you might like that. So since we're talking Sazerac today, I'm going to give you a Sazerac martini. So if, if you're just like, I'm not doing rye whiskey, I'm not feeling it, but I do love my martinis. Here's a little martini Vesper hybrid mashup that you could do inspired by the Sazerac. So you could still drink it the same way. Take your two chilled old fashioned glasses and in the, uh, let the one just chill with ice. The one that you build the drink out of, throw two ounces of gin, quarter ounce of absinthe, quarter ounce of demerara, and then half ounce of dry vermouth. So it's kind of Sazerac martini hybrid with the absinthe. Mm. Stir all that together. Let the ingredients sort of chill down after you've stirred it. Leave it for, I'd say, four minutes, four or five minutes. And then when it's time, take that glass that's been chilling, pour out all the ice and water, et cetera, and just pour in this beautiful absinthe kissed martini into the glass and then garnish it with a little lemon peel expressed that's the classic sazerac garnish little lemon peel over the top and then insert it in and then you could maybe do a couple olives if you're feeling it so that's the saz saz teeny as it would yeah, have been called in the, the uh, in
2: right. the late 90s i want to see you order it
0: I'll take a Saz-Teeny. <laughs> take a Saz-Teeny.
2: <laughs>
0: Are you guys still making um, that Saz-Teeny?
2: Um, Saz-Teeny, please.
0: <laughs> Maybe. We-
2: I think a, a fun mod on any any Sazrack is to, like, you choose your own spirit. You don't really have to use uh, the traditional spirits. I like uh, Apple, like... <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say but, uh, <laughs> apple teeny, but Apple Apple Brandy or Laird's uh, a bottled and bond Apple Brandy. Apple Either Saztini, like or, yeah. <laughs> apple Saztini, please. <laughs> Make it green. <laughs> oh man, need <laughs> yeah, the roses that, Tequila.
0: <laughs> <laughs> tequila. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah.
2: Tequila'd be great. Oh well, man, definitely s- some rums.
0: You could definitely do. Um, an Anejo Sazerac, so that, that would be really, really good. Um, and then, yeah, a rum Sazerac. Mm-hmm. That's been kind of – I think you see that, that version on menus a lot, yeah. uh, rum Sazeracs. That's a great one. Really, it's just a matter of having those two glasses, the one that you're mixing the drink in and then the other one that's chilling. And then it's – do you add your um, – the tradition for the Sazerac would be to get the um, absinthe in that chilling glass so it can kind of cling to the side of the glass – and all those aromatics will be there for you. There's so many different variations on a Sazerac. I'd say the one that's become more um, accepted, more popular, and this is one that you can do, this is a couch cocktail, which we have a couch cocktail in the book, in cheer, the Van Hatton, one of the ultimate couch cocktails, which is really, and what that means, and we're gonna have our Van Hatton recipe, or uh, Van Hatton shots episode down the road, But the couch cocktail is really just where you kind of make like a plus-size cocktail, and then you just go sit on the couch. You don't Mm -hmm. have to get up. You don't have to make yourself another one. But the Sazerac has kind of turned into that where you have the tradition now of doing one-and-a-half ounces rye whiskey, one-and-a-half ounces cognac. So you got a full three ounces of booze. Mm -hmm. And then you got your – then you'd probably take it up to a quarter to maybe a half ounce of your Demerara syrup. And then I'd say three to four dashes Peshaws. And then, uh, or three to four dashes Peixos, and then one to two dashes Angostura. I like to kind of throw the Angostura in Angostura. And, uh, and then you need your your absinthe. And one thing we didn't mention, why this drink became so regional specific, regionally specific to New Orleans. You couldn't get absinthe in this country for a long time. Absinthe was banned for over 100 years. Um, so New Orleans came up with their own kind of absinthe called Herb Saint. Um, which you can still get, which is still around. And it's kind of sweeter than a lot of absinthe. It's a little bit lighter. It also, since uh, in the 30s and 40s, when people were making all these beautiful tiki drinks and the dawn of the tiki era was happening, um, absinthe was really hard to get. So Herb Saint was what they were using over here. So New Orleans and they're they're, uh, sort of welcoming in this cognac that then they couldn't get because of phylloxera then changing it to rye whiskey, having an apothecary down the street that was making these beautiful bitters that were so unique and so special, they're still alive today. And then when they couldn't get absinthe anymore, New Orleans being the amazing bedrock cocktail community that it is, they developed their own absinthe and called it Herb Saint. So it's a cocktail that while we dispelled the myth that it's the original cocktail, it probably is the original riff on an old-fashioned And it's just one of the most uh, special, regional-specific, amazing cocktails that we have in American cocktail culture. And it's probably been made now for 170 years or so, 160 years. Wow So pretty cool. Mm -hmm. That does it for today. Um, Thanks, y'all, for listening. Thanks to our producer, Michael Eads, and everybody at We Own This Town. Check out out all that's going on at the We Own This Town podcast network. I've been enjoying the music show lately. There's so much amazing music to be featured from Nashville and beyond and uh abby you write some music what's going on with your uh with your songwriting let's let's end with that because you've had uh, some beautiful songs tell us about you. the eps that are available on spotify abby well, walters
1: honestly i'm in this moment where i kind of forgot that i do music i well, feel let like me I'm remind so busy. you let me remind <laughs> yeah. you um, because
0: when you work you. with abby you hear her sing and that's kind of a beautiful thing thank you that's one of the things we all liked about about working with you really you get to hear the song that she's kind of got rolling around <laughs> in her head. Um, but yeah, what uh, have you been playing a little bit? And
1: I literally, I just told you before this, I just picked up my guitar for the first time in a while the other night. So I think I'm ready to start singing again. You yeah. know what Tom
0: Waits would say? Tom, Tom Waits would okay. say that there's rests in music, right? Mm-hmm. And so we as people, we need those rests too. Mm-hmm. And that it almost acts like a, like a rock and a hose or something mm-hmm. once you get back to it after a certain amount of time away, those ideas will just start to come. So sometimes I think that that's what might happen for you. Yeah. Um, but tell us about the the EPs that are available on Spotify and such, um, or wherever you would yeah. like people to I get
1: them. I guess they're on Spotify or any streaming platform, but mm-hmm. um, I moved here 10 years ago and kind of got really discouraged by the music scene. So I didn't sing for a while, but I independently put them both out within the past five years. So little by little and then gold was the more recent one cool so
0: check out gold she writes all
1: the songs Abby Walters well good luck uh, getting back into it and getting back to the writing and
0: everything and uh, we look forward to the wicked market that is going on October 31st at love and exile it's gonna be a huge Halloween soiree yeah Kenneth and I will be there in some kind of garb we're not sure Maybe Cheech and Chong is zombies. We'll see. I can't wait. We'll see what comes comes together. And uh, also find everything that Abby's got going on with Forever Friends. F-U-R-E-V-E-R. Friends. And you can find them on Instagram at Forever Friends Nashville. And everything with the Wicked Market is uh, at the Wicked Market. Yeah. You can find everything there at the Wicked Market. They'll be doing stuff every full moon and... A couple other special ones as well so look for that as we get into the holidays as always you can pre-order the book cheer a liquid gold holiday drinking guide will be out november 15th you can pre-order that at turnerpublishing.com that's probably the best place right now uh launching soon designed by your friend ashley ashley Danky.
1: yeah i heard
0: mikewolfbooks.com will be coming soon and i'll be having i'll have books and more info there at mikewolfbooks.com And as always, all the websites and all the tags uh, follow us, liquidgold.show on the web, our new site. You can go through and listen to all the 102 episodes that we've done of this show, and we're just getting started. The list is large. Yes. Abby, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Abby. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time right here on Liquid Gold. Later, Tater.